You're listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode number 19. On the show today, I'm having a discussion with Sai Moore. Sai is from New Zealand, and him and his wife, Sophie, they run a few different businesses. Bailey and Moore, Arcade, Boxful, and Story and Light Workshops, just to name a few. They're always working on different projects. Sai is a great film photographer and is an artist, and he always leaves an impact with everything he does, the customer care he brings, and his attention to detail. So I thought today it would be perfect to talk to him about the principles of offering and creating an amazing client experience. So this episode goes for a little while. Um, I apologize. Uh, It's just when Sai and I get talking, it's hard to stop us, and we do it all the time. If I go and visit Sai over in Auckland, you know, have a couple of drinks and we just talk about this kind of stuff. So, it's great for me to bring this conversation to the world via a podcast. And I guess that's why I wanted to start a podcast because I have so many conversations, so many inspiring friends. I'm inspired by so many creative entrepreneurs that I'm surrounded with all the time. And I feel like I'm always a part of like a workshop or a mastermind every time I'm talking to my friends and I'm getting these little nuggets of inspiration and also tangible things that I can put into my business. So I'm hoping in this episode, you're going to get some tangible stuff, but you're also going to get some inspiration. Now, just before we get started, I want to warn you, there is some coarse language. So if you're in the car with some kids and you're not a big fan of coarse language, maybe this one's not for you. I'll see you on the next episode or I've got lots of episodes that are totally G-rated. Shout out to Sai for dropping some swear words on my podcast and ruining it for me, but it's fine. We all swear and it makes a great way. It makes it makes for an interesting podcast. So, let's get started. I don't want to waste any more time. Here we go. Okay, we're here and we've got Sai Moore with us today. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about just different principles of offering an amazing service and an amazing experience to clients. It's a huge thing. Like a lot of people underrate this and don't really think about it. But um, Sai is the perfect guy to talk about this with because, believe it or not, he has a bunch of different businesses with uh, his wife, Soph. Shout out to Sophie. Shout out to um, Soph. Married her, locked it down. That's it. So you guys got Bally Moore and your wedding photographers. You got Arcade and that's... Furniture hire for weddings. Well, your furniture hire for like it's it's like event event furniture stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you got Boxful, and that's to cater for wedding photographers. And and then um, you got Story Enlightened, so that's to cater for wedding photographers, and that's a workshop. So the reason why I actually just went through all those really fast is because I want to highlight the point here that out of all service industries, these four things all service the hardest clients you can get on the planet. So basically, you're serving, servicing like brides and grooms and wedding photographers. So, Sai, I think you know a thing or two about giving a great customer service because that's basically what these are built around. Am I right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think like I think that the vibe is I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that we've like we've nailed great customer experience across the board, but I'd say that like over the last few years, we've become enormously aware of not only the importance of it, but of like. You know, you we, like your senses become hyper aware of how people are having an experience and how it's kind of like rolling down. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think we're we're sort of on the constantly on the journey of trying to figure out what a really great customer experience looks like in all of in all of those different businesses in all those different ways. Um, I think, like one of the, I mean, one of the big principles of of like, I mean, it's, it's probably true for all of our businesses, but but thinking about wedding photography, uh, one of the biggest principles is that rather than thinking that like we work in an art industry giving service, I think the reality is that we work in a service industry making art. Like mm-hmm. it's like semi-controversial to say, but it's probably 80% of what we do is service and, and 20%, 20% is art, you know? And I, I think it's if you boil it down to, to the experience, the very human experience that people are having on a wedding day, it's really clear that to get that access that we were talking about, you need to you need to really understand how human beings work. You know, you need to understand what you do to like to build trust, what you do to like be in the right place at the right time, what you do to you know, you do to be to be someone who is on someone's side on their team, 
um, giving this great level of confidence to what they're doing and what they're experiencing rather than just someone who's shooting away and making a thing and all this sort of stuff. And I think at the yeah. heart of the heart of like the client experience, the customer experience thing with what we do is understanding that like you need to pay if you're a photographer, like you you gotta take great photos. Like we always have this 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 thing like if if you're if you're ever lucky enough, if you go to a Michelin starred restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not going often, let's be honest. But you know, if you if you go to, if you buy yourself yeah. at a Michelin starred restaurant, um People assure me that what you pay attention to is not the food, but you pay attention to the experience, like everything else. Like everything you pay else, atten- yeah. you pay attention to the fact that like someone met you at the curb, you know, that that that, that the right kind of music is playing, that, that that they understand the way the space works, that they understand light and architecture and that all these things that go with the food. Because if you're at like a, a three a three Michelin starred restaurant the food is going to be fucking amazing. Like that's the point. And if someone's hired you to be a photographer and they've seen your work and they've understood your work and they've experienced that through a screen or through a printed thing or whatever, like they expect you to be a photographer and that you're going to be great. Um, so so the, the place where you make breakthroughs is cool. The photography's dealt with. Everyone knows that the photography is going to be great. So just get on with the really incredible experience, you know, with understanding how, how people work. And I think... Um, which would lead me on to like that probably that this the next big principle is that can, can I quickly jump in there before you oh, continue on? Do. Um like like you know, you just said like it's like twenty percent making art and like eighty percent like the business driving the art. I think um if you think about like a chef, for instance, like you're just saying, like a mission star, you're thinking about a chef, like they're in the kitchen and they're creating art. Like, would you agree? There's oh, so totally. many people in there. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and they're just like putting things together and they're so passionate and they source the food from wherever. And they're so proud of what they make. But then if you don't have a plate to put the food on, like how do you experience it? And then if you don't have a s- chairs and tables to sit at to experience the food, you know, it's just like a nightmare. So it doesn't matter like how good the food is. If you if you can't deliver the food, then like it's not accessible to people. Does that make sense? Yeah, like we've, we've, we're lucky to have a few great friends who are really great chefs, right? And and um, one of them always says that like it doesn't matter how much work and talent goes into the kitchen, so and into them sourcing their products and having this great philosophy and ideology of food and like and putting it together and creating it and planning the thing and executing it. Like the moment that plated food hits the pass, you know, hits the place where the waiters pick it up from. Like mm-hmm. if the waiter isn't there, if there's a thirty second wait before the waiter gets yeah. there to then deliver it to the table in a wonderful way, all of that that happened before it was kind of like wasted. Suddenly the this, this stuff's gone cold, you know, or if it just gets slapped down in front of the client. So it's totally that last bit of experience. It's so, it's so easy to imagine that like, this is all about the art, but in fact, there's this, this enormous infrastructure that goes around delivering art to people, um, which matters. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's almost like if you've got good infrastructure that can deliver art in a beautiful, a beautiful heartfelt, genuine way, in some ways, you know, like you don't have to make that great art. Like there's, there's, there's that, you know, there's a great saying yeah. of like uh, everyone would rather have kind of like semi-average stuff from someone who's nice than amazing mm-hmm. stuff from someone who's a douchebag. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's, it, it's, and I think it's like, we, you know, we, 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 we really love to, th- in our industry, we really do love to think that we're all, we're all beavering away and we're great artists and, you know, and, and there are so many fantastic visual artists in our industry. But it's easy to forget too that the delivery vehicle for your art is this essential part of the experience, like this vital part of the experience, because yeah. people people are people are wired up to be people, and some days certain things piss them off, and other days you know it's it's other things. And you know, back to the chef restaurant example, someone can have this amazing experience, you know, in, in this in this crazy restaurant and. And like a maitre d' is just rude to them on their way out at the very end of the experience, and the whole thing is a shipwreck. It's just like yeah, it doesn't matter shit. how much like, effort you put in. So it's it's all of this all of this stuff like matters in this in this in this kind of like massive way. Totally, and like just playing off that a little bit more, like it's the same as if you've got if I print out one of my pieces of work, like a, a photo, and I hang it on my wall, like it looks all right, 
But if I like had an actual opening night and I put it in a gallery and I served wine with it and I stood there and I shook people's hands and it was like a big white wall with a light with my picture on it, like how much more is that worth to a, someone viewing it? Like you all of a sudden you're like creating a whole different experience, but it's the same product, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's um, it's very natural to be. It, like as an artist, it's very natural to be head down, focused on the thing that you're making. Um, but it's, I mm-hmm. mean, there's, there's so there's so many good examples of this. Like we we live in this age where, um, and now I'm just going to get on a massive tangent. But we we live in this age, <laughs> we live in this age where there's where there's no, you know, we celebrate the fact that there's no gatekeepers um, for, for mm-hmm. art. Like it's like anyone can, you know, you can release your own music, you can release your own films online, you can you can do all this do all this sort of stuff. Um, but we forget that like we. The era, like of say of the twentieth century ish or whatever, when when there were a lot of gatekeepers in in the artistic industries, um, you know, record labels and big studio movie making studios and all this sort of stuff, you know, prior to prior to just like releasing your own tunes on SoundCloud and prior to YouTube, a lot of what that infrastructure those gatekeepers were doing was building the experience around the art that mm-hmm. ticks all of these human boxes. And it's it's really really easy as it just as an artist as a solo artist to just be focused on the art and to forget that all of those things that go with it are this vital part of how people experience things. Almost like the the actual art is kind of like the the mic drop full stop at the end of the sentence, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know how we got into gatekeepers. Um, I, one one of the one of the big things is like that I hear people say all the time about this stuff when you hear like people in our industry talking about their clients and how that experience goes down. And often if, if someone's had a bad experience or something, you know, um, they talk about people as, as if they're a mystery. And I, I, I think one of the big principles to think about with, with this stuff is that like people aren't a mystery. Like your ideal client is really is you. You know, it's, it's like your ideal client is someone who loves the same stuff that you love. You know, like if they love your work, if you love your work and someone else loves your work, suddenly you've got some crossover. It's like, hey, we love the same stuff, you know. And you'll often find that the kind of people that you're shooting, they may not be a similar age, they may not be the same, you know, a, a similar similar nationality or whatever. But but they have this all this crossover where they love the same stuff that you love. They might love the same music, you totally. know. They might love the same films. They might have a certain visual kind of thing that they love. Like they love the same stuff as you. And like your ideal client is really you're kind of pitching to yourself, and you're not a mystery to yourself. And if you just if you have a little bit of self awareness about the about how you experience things and what you love, you'll you'll start to go ah people aren't a mystery I can understand how this works, and if you develop that a little bit, you develop those muscles of understanding people. You can pretty quickly start to go I understand why you get pissed off at X happening. I understand why when on your wedding day this thing didn't go quite right that you had a meltdown or I understand why this thing happened and it was just the greatest fucking thing in the world and everyone was crying. Um, also like I understand why when I didn't reply to your email after 48 hours and you're in the middle of like, you know, of the week before your wedding that you're just like, Holy shit, what's going on? You know, there's a, there's a thing there that like these, like the people that you're shooting are, are like you, they love the same things, you know, they might be a little bit broken like you and they might be a little bit put together like you, but like mm-hmm. people, people aren't a mystery. You can kind of figure out how this stuff goes and what people love and, and how they love and why they get pissed off and, or why they'd be yeah. over the moon, you know, or. That's awesome. Hey, could I jump in and, um, and give some real world stuff? Oh, come on, drop it. drop some stuff um here's a good example for you like if you like sorry if you're like everything that you love out there you love it yourself and you know you can have that connection with it the thing is um if you go out and experience another business like if you're going out and having a coffee for instance and they remember your name and then they give you a free coffee every now and then or a free muffin or something like that and then how did that make you feel and how can you implement that feeling into your business or that experience into your business? You know, like how easy was it to book a flight to somewhere and then that made you feel good and there were some points and there was this and that and then bringing that into your business. So my little takeaway here is you can go out and experience things with the real world and see the experiences that make you feel amazing and you can implement those things into your business. Like it's not a mystery. 
Yeah, it's one of the things. Um, someone, a, a good mate of mine, Al Keating, who runs like Coffee Supreme, um, who's who's like a great a great business mentor to me, just a great mate. Go fishing, you know. We did. We, we live the dream. Um, <laughs> we we drink we drink we drink spice rum out of like a you know out of a hip flask, like standing up to our waist in icy cold water in the middle of the winter. And it sounds good. That's what fishing is. It's, it's less about actually catching fish, and it's more about that. Um, but like he. <laughs> He makes a really good point. Like he's in the hospitality industry um, and people who are really good at hospo, like, you know, which is which is like hotels and food and beverage and like cafes and restaurants and all this sort of stuff. Like people who are really good at have a real understanding of how people experience things. Um, and he's, he always is always saying to me, the place where you learn the most from is when you have an experience that you hate. Like pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention to how it happened Pay attention to how it made you feel and start That's to think, one. start to think like, have I given anyone an experience like that? Like, how do you avoid this? Like, cause as, as the customer, I saw this coming from a long way away. I saw the bad experience coming and it got worse mm-hmm. and it got worse and it got worse. Um, because he's just like, man, that bad experiences leave this really strong impression on you. And that's why people complain. Like people don't tell people about great experiences. They tell them about bad experiences. And he's just like, mm-hmm. pay attention. Like it's also, it's such an interesting point. It's, it's really, really easy. Um, you know, if you've got 20 things in front of you to choose from, you know, random, I don't know, you're choosing Christmas presents. You're choosing, I don't know what you're choosing. Um, it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed by choosing what you like. But everybody can choose the one thing that they hate, right? You can just go, well, I hate that one. That shit's out. Like, um, you know, we're down to 19 choices now. Um, and yeah. it's, it, it can feel like a bit of a negative way to do things, but it's actually a really incredible way to pay attention to experiences because um, there's lots of people delivering mediocre experiences. There's lots of people delivering pretty good experiences. But every now and then you'll come across a really bad experience and you just go, what the hell happened? Like no one wants mm-hmm. anyone to have this experience. Like pay attention. Like when when you have a bad experience, pay attention to how it happened. And pay attention to the feeling to make sure that you, you, you make sure no one ever has that experience. Did you know optimizing the copy on your website can help allow your traffic to fall in love with your brand, get you a much higher conversion rate, and get you more traffic from search engines? I've been using Pepperstorm Media for years, so I know what good copy can do. If this is one piece of the puzzle your business is lacking, I am giving you $100 US off a Pepperstorm copywriting package, so you too can have killer copy that converts on your website. Just use the code MAKEYOURBREAK. For all the information, head over to jialong.co forward slash Pepperstorm. That's jialong.co co forward slash pepperstorm here's another thing pay attention to how they handled it once they flagged it with like once you flag it with them how did they handle it because a lot of the times like people you know like there's nothing worse when someone shies away like you had a bad experience and they won't listen to you and they won't listen to the feedback but as a business owner, it can be so uncomfortable and it can be confronting and all these things when someone has a bad experience and they bring it forward. But it's so important to like face it head on. Like don't get scared. You they get, had yeah. a bad experience of your ship and you've got to you gotta rectify it. You get one you get one chance to put it right. And I think um, you can throw yourself at putting it right, like in a wonderful way and I'm I'm always amazed when I, I'm often you know you often see in online forums and stuff and you'll see people talking about this thing went badly you know um, and we're talking have, about Facebook Facebook um, yeah, groups like, yeah Facebook groups yeah like, and, and we do, we're just yeah yeah people people have a vent people have a vent about a thing that's gone badly, badly. but it, it's like um, that's better speaking you know, real you, and you often see this over this this complicated sense of people have the sense of injustice where it's just like, but I didn't do anything wrong or like they're they were they're just like a whack job or they're whatever. And it's like, listen, mm-hmm. drop your sense of justice. You've got one chance, one shot to make this right. And um, when you experience like an song, yeah. <laughs> You got what? I, I can't. I wish I could. Honestly, I so wish I could have just ripped into that right then. I'm just like, um, you could lose yourself in the. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, like when when you. I, I think a good example is like um, 
like airlines, right? If you ever find yourself, I mean, all of us travel so much, you know, at some stage you're going to find yourself in the middle of just a big airline cock up. And if you're with a good airline or you're just with a bad airline, but you've got a good customer service person, you see how they deal with it. And you're just like, holy shit, I want to be like, if I cock stuff up, I want to problem solve like that. Like, that's amazing. Um, years ago, Soph and I were flying from Istanbul to uh, maybe Ethiopia, Kenya, somewhere. Anyway, there, it was like the year that there was heaps of like, like volcanoes erupting. There's a volcano in Eritrea. Oh, so yeah. we're on the plane, Turkish Airlines. We're on the plane at Istanbul. They push the plane back out sort of onto the sort of, you know, not it's not taxiing, but they've just sort of pushed it back. Then they stop, right? And then... Nothing happens for 10 minutes. Then the pilot comes on, sees a bunch of stuff in Turkish. We're just like, yo, what's going on? And then they then they tow the plane back into the gate. And we're like, what? What's the what's the drill? Um, someone, some dude who speaks Turkish is just like, oh, I think there's a volcano, whatever. Anyway, they come onto the plane. They take everyone off like in, in groups of about 10. And... You, they, t- they, t- they took us through this magic side door where we didn't have to deal with all sort of immigration. You know, like we gave them our passports. They had them in a little wad, each and everyone in their groups of 10. They had our bags ready in groups of 10. You got on like in, into like a minibus and they took us to a hotel in Istanbul. And we were like, what's going on? And they're just like, oh, there's, you know, the flight's been like delayed because there's a, like a volcano. You can hang out in Istanbul. We'll take care of you. We get to the hotel. There's like a buffet of amazing Turkish food. And then, and then there's like an attendant for each group of 10 who says, hey, here's a bunch of places you can go and see. You know, we're like, when's the plane going to take off? They're like, we don't know, but like, we'll find you if like, if we can take off. We're like, how is that even going to work? So we went out and explored the city, got back to the hotel. And then we walked through the hotel. There's a really cheery Turkish Airlines woman there who just says, hey, we've been waiting for you. Your van's ready to take you back to your flight. And we're like, what? So we went back, got on the flight. Cranked off. Now, um, just an incredible experience. It was just like, it was so weirdly pleasant, like you were just with old friends. Now, the week before, we'd been stranded by a volcano um, with British Airways at Heathrow. And we slept on the hard floor of like Terminal 5. Like, no one told us what was going on. We, We were there through the night. And as the staff left and they turned the lights out, um, they kind of laughed at us. And it was like the complete opposite of these two experiences. And I think we've always gone, okay, like whenever Soph and I have, we're, we've got something where we've, we've cocked something up or it's gone a bit wrong because that stuff happens. We're always like, let's let's Turkish Airlines this is our motto. Yeah, you know? that, that's awesome. Which is like, here's the buffet. We screwed up. Like, we can we can we can make this more amazing though. We can we can figure this out. Drop your sense of justice. I don't know how we got onto airline stories. I'm sorry. Over delivering. Yeah, totally over delivering. Over delivering. Oh god, talk about over delivering. That is such a. I mean, that's like that's there like the number one. There there it is, like in a nutshell. Like, um, mm-hmm. when you have that experience with someone. I mean, everyone, you know, the catchphrase under promise, over deliver. I feel like when people do that often in their businesses. All they do is they just under-promise and deliver normally, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, just like, yeah, it's just like, oh, what I'll do is- That's the easiest way. Yeah, I won't promise anything. And so then if I ever if I ever deliver anything at all, you'll be stoked, you know? How about this? Um, here's a little interesting thing, talking about over, over-delivering. Um, if you're, with whatever business you have, um, for instance, if you've got Boxful and then you've got like some competitors out there and if I've got my Free the Bird weddings, like my wedding photography- um, I basically, with my wedding photography, I know who's my competition in the sense of they're going to contact me, then they're going to contact someone else, and I know the other people that they do contact. And sometimes to create a like, groundbreaking um, experience for your clients, it doesn't actually have to be groundbreaking. It just has to be slightly better than the other people. And so, for instance, like a few of the people that I guess they would contact me and then they'll contact them, like they probably, I know actually, they don't reply to emails within like three, four or five days. So it's really easy for me to come in and over deliver because I'm doing it in like an hour or two. And then it's an amazing experience, even though I feel like it's not an amazing experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. T- yeah, so totally. sometimes it, like- yeah. Sometimes you just got to know where you are. You don't have to do anything crazy and send them out like a, you know, like a gift pack every single time you email them, but just like, just being aware, I guess. 
I mean, there's so many little things that if you can if you can think about the experience from the point of view of someone else, which is just basically having a a good a developed sense of empathy, you know, um, like you you start to realize the things that really matter. Um, where you can put in a little bit of time and it makes a, it makes a massive effort, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Like we we always make it a point with um, you know with Bailey and Moore with, when we were shooting that we're like we always like I mean ninety nine percent of the time like we go to people's wedding rehearsals, you know, because it's like we're crazy not to. I think I think it's I think people are crazy to if you can like if you if you're not shooting the day before or whatever or you know if it works out like go to someone's wedding yeah. rehearsal you know and tell them that you're going to go to and if like if you're shooting the states they'll be like you know how much does that cost you know like in our part of the world it's kind of like normal but you know you're not going to nickel and dime people um but you're just mm-hmm. like no nah, i just come and i'm just coming to meet everyone you know i'm just coming to see the vibe like i'm coming to like i'm going to do a bit of a location scout i'm going to feel confident i'm going to meet the venue person i'm going to be and all this stuff means that like you rock up and um you know, you make make a few gags. Like you, you meet everyone. Like you meet the bridal party. You meet mum and dad. And you meet the celebrant, and you just hang out. And you're right there for the moment when someone says, "Oh, um, what should we do? I don't know. Has it, does anyone here go to weddings? Oh, yo, sire, you like you're 500 weddings deep. Like, what should happen here? And that's that's your point <laughs> where you just go, "What should happen here?" Is like, guys, look at the light. We should move this entire ceremony this way. Because this is mean, you know, um, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, genius," you know, or you know, you meet the venue person, or you find out, you know, you, you do a little bit of PR, but you you basically just show up, and and you just have to, you just be yourself. You don't do anything. You just hang out. And what? Can I happens, tell you something cheeky? Oh, hit me, hit me. Sometimes I've been, I get asked sometimes just when I'm in the city, like, hey, can you come past the night before and have a look in the church of like, you know, just scout the location or whatever, and. Um, I usually don't have too much time, but I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'll literally cruise in and I walk past like in the church and they see me and I give them a wave and then I leave. But uh, it's me showing up. I'm like over delivered there, baby. <laughs> like, yeah, like totally. Like, I, cause I think like what we, where that stuff really matters is, you know, if, if we've hung out with everyone and just kind of swung by and not done anything, not shot anything, mm-hmm. not like, yeah, totally. Not made this you're big. Just showing up. Yeah. You just, you just, You've just been in the space and you're being you, right? And then what happens is the next the next day, what you see play out is that you see that you're starting a day ahead with everyone with this re- with this relationship that you're building, and and you see a bunch of other wedding vendors who who are just meeting everyone on the day on what's quite a stressful yeah. day, and you see kind of how it goes where you're just like everyone's like oh you must be you must be friends with everyone you somehow know everyone I was like nah I'm just like 24 hours ahead of you. And I and I met them on a day when everyone was a bit more relaxed, and we solved a few problems totally. together, and we just hung out. And I like like that sort of stuff. Like that's over delivering. That's the sort of stuff. And it makes it just makes so much sense to figure out. I mean, it's this is the thing. Like you don't have to do like what I do, you know. And people don't have to do like what you do. Like it's just like figure out what your natural game is, where you can just effortlessly over deliver by doing a thing that you you love to do anyway. I love to hang out with people, you know, so I'll just be like, and I also yeah. love, like, I love to, like, scout and look at stuff and meet people and see spaces and just kind of be whatever because it makes me feel really confident on the day. Heaps of people are just like, nah, I just, like, I just wing that that, that shit and I'm, I'm on fire. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, an, I'm kind of, I'm dumb, so I just go a day early and hang out. And have have a glass of like icy cold rosé on a hot day with like with someone's someone's mum, and they're just like, "Yo, how how have I not totally. seen you at, you at family Christmas?" You're like, "Well, I'm just the photographer, mum. Hey, what's up?" <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, but, c- can I bring it up to the next um oh, hit it, next hit point? Me. I'm thinking talking about pricing because it's all well and good to over deliver and to do all these things. But sometimes, like, you need to really think about your pricing. So with your pricing, you've got to over-deliver. It doesn't matter if you are charging $500 or you're charging 10000 or 20000 Basically, a relationship, a good relationship in, in business is when someone comes to you and they pay $10,000 and then at the end of it, it feels like it was worth more than $10,000. That's totally. a good transaction, totally. right? Yeah, that's a happy client. That's someone walking away going, like, this is amazing. But here's the thing, guys. 
because sometimes you know people will come to me saying um, they charge one thousand or two thousand dollars for a, a wedding, and I and my starting price is like five thousand, six thousand kind of thing, and they ask me how can you charge that much? Like what, what do you clients? How do they feel about that? And the thing is, like I'm charging what I have to charge, so then I can create the experience that I want to give, and that's where it's at. So you know, if you want to create an even better experience, like put that in your price, and then. You, it allows you to create that experience, right? It's kind of the same as I was just talking yesterday with um, a friend of mine about mentoring and we we're talking about a $500 mentor and we we're talking about a $10,000 mentor and the difference. And one of the biggest differences was I said, look, $500 person, they're going to automate some stuff. They'll get some blah, blah, blah for you. It's going to be kind of fast food. But if, if you're paying $10,000 to someone, that means they've got time to make sure you get results. Like that's a that's a totally different ballpark, you know. Um, but that's the thing. Like if someone wants to charge $10,000 and only book one person a month into their mentoring program or two people or three people, then they actually have the time to create the experience that matches the $10,000. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Like it's – I there's a lot of things about, about pricing which are um, – I mean the, the first one is like, like if you are – you know, like you might want to shoot. Your goal might be to shoot forty thousand dollars weddings, for example, right? Um, which is totally fine if you if you kind of hang out with forty thousand dollars people. Like if you're hanging out with billionaires on super yachts and that's your natural game, then that's a good goal, right? But if it's mm-hmm. if it's not, like if that's not naturally who you are, like if you're a bogan from the suburbs of like Hobart, for example, um, and hey, just, hey, don't say Australia. Yeah, and you do, <laughs> and, and you do, and, and you do bogan, you do bogan beautifully. That you're like, you're like, you've got. You've got this down. You've like spent your life nailing the Tirana and you're on fire. Like these <laughs> these two worlds are really different. And you're gonna find that if you have to put on a facade to enter into one world to charge a certain price, at some stage that's gonna be so exhausting that you're gonna give up. And I like mm-hmm. lots lots of the stuff around around sustainability in your business model is about not giving up. Like if you wanna get better at this, the first goal is to not give up. Like mm-hmm. pe- people who give up don't get better at things. Like you, you have to figure out what do I have to do to still to do to do this for, for for six, seven, eight, ten, twelve years, right? If you really want to get good at it, whatever it is that you're doing, like, that's got to be the vibe. How can I keep doing, make this sustainable that I can do it? And one of the big things is like, um, if if you if you're having to try and pretend to be someone you're not every day when you get up and and you go to do a shoot, you can that's exhausting shit. And you're gonna eventually just give up and go and do something where you can be yourself. So that I think it's a key is like you've got to think you've got to do your pricing. Your pricing has to kind of like reflect the kind of people that you that you want to be shooting, you know? Mm-hmm. But but one of the big things with pricing is that it's your it's your stage. Like it's 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 the level of production that you're performing on like at a festival, basically. Like if you've got a five hundred dollar stage that's one foot high, you know, and a crowd of five people around you they're going to pay a certain level of attention to you that's requisite with that. If you've got like a $10,000 stage, a shitload of production, and you're like, whoa, you know, like you're building like this platform of respect so that you can do what you want to do. Someone that you're paying $10 to who comes up to you in the middle of the reception and says, hey, the sunset's mean, like come with me for 15 minutes, even though there's amazing things going on here and like people have just made speeches just bawling their eyes out. Like, you're not gonna. You're just like, hey, I'm paying you ten dollars. Like, like this could just. I know better than you. But if you're paying someone ten thousand dollars and they come and they they come and crouch down by you and they're just like, hey, now's the time when something beautiful is happening in the light outside. Like, follow me. They're just like, all right, we'll hit pause here. Like, we're we're on our way. Let's let's go do it. It's it's kind of like this level of. Um, it's completely different, isn't it? Yeah, a whole completely different thing. The other thing too is that like down the bottom end of down the bottom end of your pricing. Often what you're doing is you're just exchanging your time for money. Like you're exchanging – it's like 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 a plumber, you know? Like you're sort of being – the plumber shows up and they do, they do this piece of work and they charge you for this piece of work and they leave. Um, but at the other end of the game, you know, the more you're charging, it's almost like people are um, – they're joining a club. They're joining the, 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 the Free the Bird the free the bird magic club you know um totally they're, they're kind of like into this whole experience which is a lot more than just this this thing like like we've exchanged some time and money for some photos like it's like hey mm-hmm. like 
I'm one of I'm one of Jai's crew now, you know, like I'm in this kind of thing. And like um you have this wonderful like people the more you charge, the more you should remember people's names five years from now when you see them on the street. That's a pretty oh, good definitely. that's a pretty good rule. Um But it's 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 also like, you know, like we have couples come in, you know, like that that we've shot that we catch up with year after year after year in different parts of the world. Like, you know, when they've they get in touch and they're just like you know, like, oh, when are you going to be in New York next? Like, can we pay you to come and shoot our family? Because we've got two two little kids now. And we're just like, what do you mean? You're in the club, man. You're in the Bailey and Moore club. Like, one, we'll probably have dinner anyway. So, two, we'll just come early, bring the kids, and we'll shoot some crazy shit on the street. This is so, like, why would we, ju- like, you're a part of this bigger thing that's, like, that's super great. Like, I had this incredible yeah. experience with a tailor once in here in Auckland and it's like when I had a big beard I was pretty scruffy looking dude and I wanted to get a really a great blazer to wear weddings right we just come back from shooting in Italy everyone was looking amazing and I was looking pretty rugged and I was like I'm gonna up my up my sartorial game here um like yeah. like you say all the time you know you gotta look good just you just look yourself but you gotta look good um and I went to a bunch of tailors just so price is no object you know, I'm a cashed up wedding photographer. I'm just like, I need, I need a place. I want, I want to look really good. I don't care what it costs. You know, I just want yeah. someone to make me a thing that fits me really good. Um, and I got turned away from like three super flash tailors because I just look like a bit of a scruff. And they're just like, nah, you, this is, we're not for you. You know, this is not the place. And it was, I felt pretty intimidated and pretty gutted. And I, I went into yeah. the last tailor on my list, which was actually the most intimidating that I was like, I'm only going into this place if I'm desperate because these people are terrifying. This is like high end. Everyone's wearing three piece yeah. several row suits and it's like, whatever. I walked into this place. It's quite small. Um, Crane Brothers, Murray Crane. And the man himself like came out from behind the back, walked up to me, treated me with this immense amount of respect. Um Mm-hmm. Talked about everything that he loved about like cool tailoring, you know. Asked me to show to show him like my work, and was really interested in everything. Spent half an hour with me, showed me through a bunch of things. They made me something, and I went back for a bunch of fittings. It, it cost a lot of money, but it was like what happened is I realized that like I joined the Crane Brothers Club. And I, I've gone back yeah. in there. They've made me a bunch of things. They made me my suit on my wedding day. They made me a, a few different like um, blazers. I've sent so many grooms to them. And the difference yeah. is that it's like the price of entry to the club was pretty high. But the feeling that yeah. like I can walk through the door of Crane Brothers and any one of their staff somehow knows my name and treat you with mm-hmm. this this remarkable sense of respect is like, ah, now I get what a luxury experience is. It's like... It's joining the club. It's yeah. not just exchanging money for a service, but it's being part of something bigger where you go, oh, I, that's that's what people pay for. It's pretty interesting. This is what you said then is um, you're walking into these places and you weren't talking about money and you weren't worried about money. You're worried about service, right? Yeah. And um, so often I see people um, like you walk in somewhere and then they get insecure about their prices and then they offer you a discount before you even – I like buying anything and they totally turned me off because I'm like, I'm not here to talk about money or prices or discounts or anything. Like I'm here for a good experience. And I know like in the wedding photography industry and um, all like creative entrepreneurs, like people get so insecure about their pricing. And so they, they bring it forth and they always, you know, they don't want to present their prices and they also like offer discounts or they try and offer it lower not realizing that not everyone walking through the door is a bargain hunter. And sometimes people walking through the door are looking for an experience. So for all my businesses, like pricing, like in person, we actually don't talk about price. I never bring it up unless they want to talk about it. And I make a point of it when they do bring it up that I don't really talk about that stuff because my bookkeeper and everyone looks after that and they, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm here because this is my time right now to give to you. And this is the experience that we're having. And then, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, like, if you think about when you go and buy something and you know that to buy a certain thing costs a certain amount and you, you're just like, you're used to that. Like, you know, so what you're looking for is you're looking for the right thing. You've adjusted to the fact mm-hmm. that this is what this thing costs. And so now you're looking for the, the right thing for that, for that, that kind of stuff. Like we're, we're always really big on sort of saying to people, Hey, you know, like our packages are, are what they are. Like we've only have two packages and it's, it's very simple. Um, you don't have to add on hours. You, there's not all all this other stuff to do. Like there's just two packages. But yeah, once once we figure that, we always just say 
chemistry is the most important thing to us by such a long shot. If it feels like to, to a couple, if it feels like to you that we're the right people to hang out with you on your wedding day and be there and help you to tell your story, then everything else we can figure out. You know, like we can figure out all the details. We can figure all this other stuff. Piece of cake. And it's it's this idea um, like that we learned years ago, like from looking at a lot of different luxury experiences. That price point isn't isn't really a thing. People are just concerned about solving the problems. They're concerned about having a great experience. They're concerned with all the things that go together to make it work. You know, they've when someone comes to you at a at a wedding meeting and they've got a list of all of these things to ask you. If you have a look over to the to the other side of the table or to the notebook, I promise you that you will see that none of them feature price. They feature all of these things that people just want to know about how a wedding works, and mm-hmm. and whether you're on their side or not. And so we're always just like, yeah, we can totally we can do that if you want to do that. Like we can, yeah, we'll stay. Like you know, we're always like, hey, you don't need to like make a purchasing decision um, when you're when you're half drunk on this incredible day of your life about whether you want us to stay another hour or not. We're just like, hey, we'll stay and shoot stuff until it's not amazing. We'll stay and shoot stuff until like basically we're deleting things because we're like no one can ever see what just happened, you know? And then we'll <laughs> and then we'll fade yeah. away into the night and you can trust us and it's gonna be fine. Like it's it's all of these things to just go if you if you think this is back to the empathy thing. If you think about what this experience feels like for a couple, they don't have many people on their side. They've got a lot of people with a lot of opinions. They've got a lot of people telling them how they should do it. They've got shitloads of people, mother-in-law, fam- family members, and friends telling them about what they did when they got married. You know, and so that's a pretty yeah. hard thing to argue with. If someone says, "Well, when we got married, we did this," because if you don't do it, then you're saying to them, "Well, I think you did a shit job." You know, so it's like they don't have a lot of people on their side. So if you show up and you're just like, "I'm on your side," like I see, I understand what this feels like or I understand the, situ- the situation that you're in or like we're always saying to couples like hey if shit gets weird just blame us you know yeah just like just tell your mum just blame me I can take it you just got just make sure you tell me that you blame me so I can you know I've got big shoulders it's fine like it's just like we mm-hmm. just want you to have just the best time because if you have the best time everything we shoot is going to be freaking fantastic you know, mm-hmm. um, but but so much of that is is about this idea of, you know, like like you're joining a club which is about the experience, not not about the price. At at some stage, you get up to that point where people are like, "Listen, I'm not concerned about nickel and diming you. I'm not concerned about the money. I just want to know that I'm not going to have to worry about this." You know, like if you say to someone, yeah. "Hey, I've got these packages," and you can add late at night, you know, if you think you want more time, you can add. X amount in half an hour increments for whatever, and someone's just going. I don't want to. I don't want to be doing that. I just want to know that you're going to take care of it. Like, just be great. Just shoot, mm-hmm. shoot great stuff, and you tell me because you do this all the time. Um, yeah, pricing. That's where. We, that's is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, man. And I guess like just a, um, before we wrap up that segment. Um, when I first started, I, I charged five hundred dollars a wedding. That was my going right and I'd work for 16 hours a day as you do and um, I didn't really know any better and I just was I was just ambitious and going for it but one thing was when I was starting out and I was charging 1000 and 1500 and 2000 one of the huge things was is I planned to be a luxury brand from the start like that was my number one ambition like I was never going to be a, a 3000 or 4000 dollar photographer in that realm or under I was like no I'm going to be at the higher end and to get there, you can't just get there. It doesn't just happen. I had to over deliver and I had to act like I was a, you know, like a $7,000 photographer when I was like a $2,000 photographer. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because I was, I was growing myself into it. Like, like the luxury brand thing is like, cause I know you, like you and I've talked about this before, like this, this mm-hmm. idea that if you want to learn, like the price point that we're, that we're charging is is luxury brand price point, and I I would say that if if you're charging fifteen hundred dollars a wedding or fifteen thousand dollars a wedding, to to the people that you're charging that to, like that is a luxury amount of money that they're that they're spending a thing on. If you went and spent oh, if you went and spent fifteen hundred dollars on staying at a at an exclusive lodge and having a twelve course degustation, you you'd think that that was an absurd amount of money to spend. But I promise you, it would be a remarkable experience. Like we're like. Mm-hmm. We're we're sort of we are a luxury brand and a luxury experience, 
and we we sit in that kind of in that kind of like mode you know and understanding how those experiences work is this is this insanely insanely like sort of essential thing like the mechanics of luxury is a really interesting a, a really interesting idea I actually drive home a point at um, all my workshops that a mentor told me a long time ago, and it is a quote from someone famous, but um, it's uh, a business is either needed or loved, and a wedding photography business is 100% not needed because there's weddings all day long here in Melbourne. I can go down to the registry and there's weddings with no photographers, but you've got to be loved. Like if someone loves what you do, if someone loves like Free the Bird, they're willing to pay 5000 10000 15000 I know this because they do that. And when they do that, I know it's because they love what I'm doing. So however you can do that, whether it's your customer experience, whether it's your art that you're making, whether it's the business that delivers the art that you're making with the customer experience, however they can fall in love with what you're doing, then you're going to have a successful business. Absolutely. Like one one of the, if you can sort of get, come to grips with this idea that like what you're doing is not exchanging a thing for money like you need to give people an experience which um which they can't get any other way like the only way they can get it is they can get it by by you by having you and mm-hmm. um and and that's that's where you get to the point where when people pay you whatever whatever it is that you're asking that they'll just think shit this is like cheap like i can't get this any other way and i've only and i can get this i only just have to pay you and i'll get this experience i'll get this whole thing um that's kind of like the vibe and and so much of that like to bring it back to the art vibe so much of that is like i mean we talk about like developing your voice you know um th- there's a lot about developing your voice with your art there's a lot about developing your voice with your business there's a lot about developing your voice with how you deal with people how you are with people like um, there's a lot about developing your voice with just how you are in a room you know all, all of these things are equally as important and the more you can develop and be aware of how that stuff develops like in, you know like you need to you need to have a distinctive voice with your art there's no there's no doubt if you're making generic stuff like we always talk about fans like the importance of building fans you know like mm-hmm. if you, if you want to have if you want to make fans you have to make work that people can be fans of that's the number one rule of art like people will pay like fans will do crazy irrational things to have an experience of something they're a fan of. And, and and a lot of what we're talking about with customer experience is how do you, how do you build fans? How do you build people who, who are just like, I need to have Jai at my wedding because that's the only way I can get the experience that I, I've really always wanted to have with this. You know, it's like, that's people mm-hmm. who are fans of you, but it's not just fans of, 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 of the work that you're making. You need to develop like a way of, uh, really pay attention to how you are with people that people can be fans of how you are you need to really pay attention to how you move through a room you know really pay attention to the to the business and customer service experience you're giving people like all of these things are your voice all of these things are this crazily um like what's the word this this this, this crazily carefully tailored unique thing that only you've got the more that each, it's like a venn diagram of uniqueness that builds up and the more unique that all these things become the more people are like hey i i want this this is the experience i want i desperately want this i want jai you know i want bailey and more i want like this is the experience that i want on this incredible day and to, to only have to exchange money for it that seems so cheap now. That seems amazing because there's this whole other thing that I can't get any other way. That is like yeah. that's a business model that suddenly means that you can you can play a natural game. You can do this this do make the stuff that you've kind of developed a voice for, and people are like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. this is amazing!" Like, and they're not thinking about money. They're not thinking about the price. They're not thinking about budget. What they're thinking about is all the other stuff that goes with with this experience. It's like when you pay. When you go to Glastonbury, you go to Splendor in the Grass, or you go to, you know, like, name 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 this great festival, or you go to see an absolute, your favourite band that you're a crazy fan of. When you're there in the moment, like, at the peak of the show, like, on the third encore, and they're playing the song that was the soundtrack to your summer that you had your heart broken to, or that, like put your heart back together or whatever it is you know you're there in the moment with like 10,000 people and this crazy shit going down you're not thinking shit was this worth 132 dollars like what you <laughs> what you say what you're going is like <laughs> i can't believe that i got to have this experience purely just by giving them money like 
this is insane. Yeah. You, like, you know, you're not thinking about you're not thinking about money and you're not thinking about price. But if you were seeing like, you know, That's amazing. if you're standing on the street with a busker who's pretty shit and you've just thrown two two bucks in the thing and you're lingering around being like, shit, why'd I give them two dollars? This is terrible. Like th- those are the two <laughs> extremes of the experience. And if you're mm-hmm. building if you're building your voice your business voice, your artistic voice, your being with people, empathy voice, um, into this unique way of being and doing and making. People are just like, take my money. Like I don't care. I I want I want this. Ex- I want you. I want this experience. I want. I want, that. I want your work. I want this whole thing that goes with it. I want your stuff, Sai. That's amazing. Where can we find you? Where can we stalk you? Oh man, on on the old Insta Instagrams, um, we're like at at Bailey Moore. Bailey Moore is like B A Y L Y M O O R E. It's like I spend my life because it's like Sophie's last name's Bailey, my last name's Moore, but she's got a really good last name. But I spend all my time spelling it to people. Sass Moore on the, <laughs> on the on the IG. I mean, it's like you. I like you've been such a great. Um, I mean, you know, like you, you and I both, like we're both obsessed with like shooting heaps of analog stuff, you know, um, for all mm-hmm. sorts, all sorts of wonderful reasons, you know, that go that go with that territory. But man, you've been such a great champion of like the analog world, like like back back before even it was even it was cool to be like banging this stuff out. Um, oh, thanks, man. And it's like, man, huge huge shout out like to you. So it's like I feel like all the stuff that I, <laughs> I sort of do on film, like with the Sassmore little account and everything, is just kind of like part of the bigger the bigger this wonderful analog family of people we've got who are kind of like-minded oh, and doing cool it's shit. It's a nice movement, huh? It's a pretty it's a pretty wonderful pretty wonderful movement where like no one's looking at the amount of followers and everyone's just looking at the batshit crazy weird work where it's like what is this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those weird um, clubs where you kind of tip your hat. You don't have to say anything when you oh. see something. Ooh, look, I don't know what that shot on. That's nice. Like, <laughs> and there's, yeah, and there is no, like, I mean, we, we always talk about this, like, at Story and Light at a workshop. Like, we were like, hey, it's, there is no hierarchy in art. Like, um, mm. hierarchy is a corporate idea of how you can leverage, you know, leverage mm-hmm. your, your current position to get something from someone. But art doesn't work like that. Like, there's no hierarchy in art. And, and there's this beautiful thing of, like, you know, um, when you, you know, like if if you see someone do something great, tell them, and it doesn't, Definitely. and it doesn't matter if if it's the first thing they've ever done or or they're the most established artist on the planet. Like, just tell them, "Whoa, that made me feel something. That's incredible." Like that, because that shit changes stuff, especially for people who are starting out. You know, um, if if, if someone is has just shot a thing and you know they don't know if they're doing the right thing, and you're just like, "Hey." Like I know, like I th- I've been doing this for long enough. So I think I know what's good, and that's good. Like you should, this is what you should do. This 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 shit's amazing. You can totally change someone's life just by throwing a little bit of a little bit of wonderful high fives their way. You know, I don't know how are we talking about this now. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to wrap it up because oh man, um, I know Pete. I know we we could literally talk forever. So I, what I should do is I should get you back on the show. Um, we that can, has to happen, doesn't we, it? We so. can talk. We talk. We can talk for. I th- here's the thing. I out of all the we cousins, do talk for hours. The, <laughs> this, man, you should, people should. You should like when we're in the same place or like you're on our couch and we're like you know we're like two beers in and it's just like uh, suddenly it's three a.m. and it's like what's going on? Um, I to, yeah. In it's sum- amazing. In summary, I think with customer service stuff, genuine wins. You got to figure out what your natural game is and turn it up to mm. ten because like you being you wins like that's 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 how to win at that like at this customer service business game figure out what your natural just loving people treating them good gamers and turn it up awesome best advice ever mean there you have it guys thank you for tuning in and it was so good to have Sai on the show if you want to find out more jump over to the show notes which is on my blog over at jialong.co and i'll link all size Uh, Instagram accounts and businesses there. So you can jump over and just see what it's all about and have a bit of a stalk. Also, just wanted to let you know, my workshops are coming up real soon. Still some spaces left. And if you want to take your business to the next level and continue on with creating amazing customer service and pricing and all those good things that we cover, then definitely jump over to jialong.co forward slash workshops. And I'll see you guys over there. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Make Your Break is brought to you and hosted by Jai Long in our Melbourne studios. 
and produced by our American friends, Simpler Media Productions. For more information on this podcast, our workshops, or anything your heart desires, please visit jilong.co.